0: Blog Talk Radio
1: host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we are going to be continuing with the theme of the name of our show, A Better World. And today, we are going to be looking at a subject that underlies a lot of our communication with others and with ourselves. And as has been often stated on this show by myself and various guests over time. The key to health, the key to wellness, the key to well-being, and the key to running a world based in dignity and integrity is communication. Without that, ah, oh, we are sunk. And if you look at the world today, you can see that in some ways, it's sort of like quicksand. We are sinking. And why? Well, people don't know how to really tune in to each other, to really quiet down and listen. Well, of course, except for our audience here at A Better World. Clearly, there is a distinction to be made. And if only we could take this quality of listening and this ability to speak what we see as true for ourselves and use that as a basis of how we proceed in the world, and to make declarations by which we want to live, so we live our word in the world, the whole planet changes, dynamically, vibrationally. If we could bring this level of understanding that we will be speaking about today with Marion Head, who is a social entrepreneur and author of Uh, the book, Revolutionary Agreements, 12 Ways to Transform Stress and Struggle into Freedom and Joy, we could have a different body politic, a different body economic, a different kind of social life that really would be a whole lot more stress-free and a lot more joyous. And that's why I invited Marion on the show today, because as a social entrepreneur, And as someone who has been involved in leadership training for many, many years in many interesting parts of the world, we're going to learn and we're all going to get educated about this incredibly important domain that we oftentimes just kind of skimp over and don't pay enough attention to the fundamental truths involved in her book called Revolutionary Agreements, as I just said. Marianne is a very interesting woman. She and her husband, Glenn, who I've actually known for many years when I stayed at their home in Boulder, Colorado, many, many moons ago and reconnected with recently down in Florida, have been working together since 1981. Using their revolutionary processes, they have facilitated, as I was talking about, high-level communications and peak performance for organizations such as AT&T and FedEx as well as for humanitarians and parliamentarians, including His Holiness the Dalai Lama, Mother Teresa, and Vice President Al Gore, not to mention former President uh, Gorbachev of, of course, the Soviet Union. Today, Marion and Glenn are running a million-dollar wellness and leadership development business using computers and cell phones from beautiful places, as I just mentioned, in the Colorado Rockies in Boulder, to the wide sandy beaches of Florida where I last had the pleasure of seeing them both, and also and not yet, but I will, the tranquil beauty of Kauai in the winter. Their social entrepreneurship, just one of our favorite topics here at A Better World, has been feeding thousands of malnourished children around the world, and while so doing, they're becoming more and more financially rewarded. It's a very interesting paradigm, very interesting model, and that is the basis largely of Marianne's work of revolutionary agreements. It has helped to empower her and her husband and all of the people with whom they've been working. Literally, it's affected hundreds of thousands of people across the planet, as I said, at all levels of leadership, government, business, and the like. So it's really a great pleasure and honor, Marion, to welcome you to a better world.
2: Thank you so much, Mitchell. It is just a delight to be here with you today and with your listeners, and I love the way you started, Welcome to a Better World. <laughs> <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> I, I like being welcomed into a better world. That's a great way to start the day. And out Isn't here your right so like- where I yeah, out here in Hawaii, it's not the end of our day like it is for you in New York. It's still just sort of the middle of our day, so I have yes. all the day to enjoy this better world,
1: and I'm, I'm delighted. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, we enjoy a better world day and night, Marion. So, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of time and space. We are enjoying the creation of a better world. You could almost say, and some do, that we have transcended time and space when it comes to something as noble as being part of and creating a better world. So, you know, you and your work and your husband, Glenn's, of course, have been very dynamically contributing to this idea. And I'm just so pleased to have your latest book in my hands, Revolutionary Agreements, because I feel that it really speaks to the heart of so much of what goes on between people and how it gives a method, if you will, to help people think coherently and clearly about their speaking, about their commitments, about their promises to others and to themselves. And it kind of just opens up the space for good communication, I'd love, if you would, to sort of walk us through the, the basic tenets. And then we'll kind of circle back around to what you're doing with social entrepreneurship, define it for some of our audience who might be new, and um, kind of uh, take off from there.
2: Great, Mitchell. That sounds wonderful. Well, as as a better world goes, a better world starts with a better individual life and family life and community life, a better self. And so these agreements started out, um, let me just give you a little bit of background and then we'll launch into what are they. It started out when my husband was the president of the Boulder Win-Win Business Forum. This was back in the um, early, mid-80s when we were just beginning to explore how to do business in a, truly a win 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 way. Everybody wins. The, yes. the business owners, the employees, the, the clients, yeah. everybody wins. And to stop, and I had, I, interestingly enough, I had just left the US Senate where I had been for about 10 years and moved to Boulder, which was like a different planet, into yeah. this win win environment. Do you know, there was a lot of talk being given to it, and it was a pretty new idea for a lot of people. So we gathered some business friends at our home and said, okay, how could we really support each other in living in this win-win way, in living our highest values at work? Because It tended to be that that's where things broke down. People would go to work and they'd leave some of their values at home. So the first gathering that we had, we began to develop these agreements, which at that time we dubbed Geneva Group Agreements, because this group wound up meeting again just informally, Mitchell, for 20 years, every month, for a full day for 20 years. And we would start every gathering by reading the agreements aloud and saying, so how is this impacting us in our lives, with our clients, in our businesses, with our families? And they evolved. And as we evolved, the agreements evolved, and... The revolutionary agreements are my version of the essence of those agreements. And and here they are because you asked me to share them. Yes, I Uh, I do, yes. There's three what I call pillars of a good life. And those three pillars are truth, acceptance, and gratitude, where truth is being the truth of who you are. You know, pretty simple, just being your authentic self. Well, we say it's simple, but I don't know about you, Mitchell, but I spent some of my life trying to be the truth of what I thought everybody else expected of me. So this was a growing area for me to be really, truly find out who I am and be who I am and Mm -hmm. be be good with that. And then acceptance is accepting others for who they are and where they are in life. And it has everything to do with all the uh, complexities of relationship and the diversity, the wonderful diversity around us, and honoring all of that. So there's truth, acceptance, and gratitude. Well... Oh, you know, you talk the subtitle of my book has says transforming stress and struggle into freedom and joy. When I want to yeah. move out of stress, you know, basically what I do is mainline gratitude. <laughs> I, I go right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I go uh-huh. gratitude. So there are twelve agreements and those twelve agreements are in those three pillars of a good life. And so in the area of truth, I agree to live my mission. To seek my truth with compassion, to look within when I react, mm. to keep doing what works and change what doesn't. What a concept, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. in, in the area of it's acceptance. radical.
1: Well, I, excuse yeah. me, it's revolutionary. Oh,
2: I Pause. Yes, it's revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Clearly. Well, you know, I really, I had a radio show host who once said after that one, Oh, do I have to? And it's like, No. If it's working for you, then no, you you don't have to, and you don't ever have to, and maybe what works for you is having things not working for you. You know, I don't know, but we can. We have the ability to change what doesn't work.
1: Just stay stuck in the mud. It's not a problem. not a problem.
2: Uh, So the second area then is acceptance, and in the acceptance area are four agreements. I agree to listen with my heart, to respect our differences, to resolve conflicts directly, and to honor our choices. And these are really simple. They're easy to remember, but wow, can they go deep. I mean, 30 years later, I am still going deeper and deeper in what these mean in my own life. In the third area of gratitude, I agree to give and receive thanks. I agree to see the best in myself and others, Look for blessings in disguise and lighten up. <laughs> lighten up! Oh, God. That's oh. Lighten up. Now I threw my hands into the air. <laughs> lighten God, up. yes. Some of these sound yes. very, you know, like heavy, but really they, they do lighten us up. But lightening up is, right. you know, it's really a gift to be able to do that. Yep, yep, yep. So those are the agreements. There are many of us who use them in every aspect of our lives starting, as I said, in in our workplaces is where it's generated from, and now in citizen diplomacy. And there are somehow the ministers picked up on this and then have taken it to their churches and some programs there. In fact, when you said that this was the latest book, well, it's my latest book on the revolutionary agreements, but last year a minister put out a stunningly beautiful book, Called Living Grace, spiritual growth in the everyday world, and it's based on these agreements. She had done one, given one sermon on every agreement. So twelve different Sundays,
0: she gave oh. a sermon on
2: the agreements. She used them in her uh, women's spirituality group for another twelve mm-hmm. weeks, and she took them deep. So she she offers yes. a kind of a progressive Christian perspective. She matches, uh, and what she is her name? Scripture. Her name is uh, Reverend Marty, M-A-R-T-I-E, Nickname, M-C-M-A-N-E. And it's so beautiful because she, she took the tenets of the agreements, she shared her own stories, she matched scripture to each agreement, and then she provides four beautiful reflections after each agreement chapter that took me deeper into each agreement and closer
1: to God. So,
2: wow, I was so... Wow.
1: I was really moved. I mean, what I was like, Marianne, sure, that someone could hear talk about listening, which is the main theme of what I was kind of opening up the show with, listen so closely to what you articulated so beautifully in this book and take it to heart, if you will, and then out of that was a fertilization of her own that took her into those sermons, which then transmitted into a book. And um, it must be very gratifying, talk about gratitude, uh, for you to see that kind of influence, in fact,
2: that your writing has had. Well, it's it's very gratifying. And more than that, when I released this book, I was moving into – a quieter time of my life. I have had a very mm-hmm. busy life, and I yeah. was just moving into a quieter time, but this was something I felt I I must give. It was something that has worked for so many of us. I didn't want it to be a secret. You know, these are not um, new ideas. These are principles yes. of the ages and the sages.
1: But the way
2: that we have been able to use them, the many of us, the hundreds, now thousands of us, to create better relationships so that we can co-create a better world. Uh, yes. it's, it's it's part of my calling, I guess you would say, to share that. However, Mitchell, instead of going the old-fashioned route of, okay, now I'm going to run around the world and do workshops and create a certification program for facilitators and this and that, whatever. Yes, um, right. I guess, uh what I saw was like this huge pile of confetti. And the day it was published, I threw in my mind's eye, I threw up this huge pile of multicolored confetti, and wherever the little pieces landed, that's where somebody felt inspired <laughs> to do something yeah. with it. And my mantra, yeah. and I, I want to share this because it's powerful and, and people can, you know, probably most of your listeners do this anyway. Well, I want them to yeah. know what really, really worked for me, which is my mantra was readers are sharing the revolutionary agreements with hundreds and thousands of others by doing what they love to do, writing, Mm. singing, dancing, speaking, Mm. uh, coaching, counseling, ministering, whatever. And I saw each one of those happening, and that is what's happened. There are coaches using them with their clients. There's business consultants. This is a fun thing because there are several business consultants who use these agreements to launch team agreements with teams and corporations so they can build mm-hmm. their own set of agreements. So it, yes. it's something that, that, that holds that group together, that becomes their relationship guidelines, their communication guidelines, if you will. So, yeah, so yes. it's happening, and it's
1: wonderful. Yes. It's
2: and I want to invite your listeners to join us because the more God, yes. the better.
1: In fact, we have the book listed on our website at a dot tv. Just go to triple w dot a betterworld dot tv, and there's a dot that says Amazon right by Marion's face, and you can push that button and get the book. And that would be a really good idea because you know I I would like to actually take a moment and just um, compliment you on the the structure itself of the book because it's in a time when, look at it this way, I just had to order something called photo reading, which makes, makes speed reading look slow, okay, because we are so inundated with information, as you know, Marion, and I, in my position, have so much to read in preparation for the weekly radio show and the TV show and preparation for writing I do for the Huffington Post, Natural News, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and my own writing, um, that I can't take a lot of time reading book, but you made the process really nice and easy, because it's laid out in such an intelligent, easy-to-follow way. And the uh, chapters are sort of, can you say, bookmarked by a series of sage sayings, which I really love, and they underscore the theme of that particular pillar of the of the agreements, those principles, and it just brings a lot of light and ease and playfulness, and uh, I think it makes something that when we're being honest with ourselves, when we're being genuine, when we're really looking at our shadow, which you really, in different ways, invite us to do through adherence to these principles, we have to do that, uh, because that's what pardon the expression, eclipses communication is the shadow and so when we're invited to stand in the light and be honest and honorable there in our vulnerability if you will we really need a certain level of uh, lightness and playfulness to support us on stage if you will in, in our lives And one of the quotes I'm just enjoying very much which you, this would be in light of deconstructing some of the comments you made at the beginning. A quote you have here, a Shakespearean quote of uh, Brutus says, uh, Cassius in Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, lies not in our stars, but in ourselves. That's where the fault lies, dear Brutus. And that's really, really nice. We so often want to look outside ourselves for Answers and for placing blame, and the world is going this way because of that, and that way because of this, and if only we could tinker with that, everything would be set aright. But just as you know, Confucius said, "Is you know the greatest change starts at home." And you know, in light of deconstructing some of what you said at the beginning, because you said a lot was really um, impactful and deep. And I don't really want us to skim over it because we have a tendency to not really grapple with this notion of who we are and then, after who we are, how we show up. So when you said you had to discover who you were before going forward in relationships, in life, to follow your own heart and values, that's a big step. And I think people should feel comfortable in knowing that that is a big step, and that's a place on the journey where everybody shows up. Could you make some comments about that? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, you know, I'm really glad you brought it back to, to the home that we live in, you know, our own. Yes, a little self, I'll call it, because I I do say that uh, all the agreements lead to honoring ourselves, which is with yes. sort of a capital S. But you yes. know, we have to start where we are and one of the important things to know about this uh, these agreements is they are really first and foremost agreements with ourselves so it's it's not even you don't we don't need to start with the family or the team at work or anybody else even right. if we just practice this within ourselves we will find More freedom. We will find less stress. It's just less stressful to be who we are once we practice it. It actually is a practice. You know, you wouldn't think so. I mean, you know, we just show up and we're who we are. Again, for me, and I think for many others, you know, I was really taught to look at how the world was seeing me
1: and to Mm -hmm. try to show
2: up the way the world you know, the way my boss expected me to be, the way my first husband expected me to be. Yeah. By the time I got to my second and my final, this will be, you know, 99 years of marriage. Yeah, um, right. We, right. you know, I am. And, and, <laughs> and renewable, <laughs>
0: and renewable.
2: <laughs> right? I, you know, I'm totally, completely free to be me. I mean, that is... Free to be me. Oh, yes. so good. Yes. So these agreements... That sounds like really, a song,
1: doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Did not like Kermit yeah. the Frog sing that or something? <laughs> free to be me.
2: <laughs> well, if not, he should. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's
0: right. Go ahead. So,
2: um, so there's some that are that are really fun. Some of the agreements are fun to implement. Some of them are kind of hard to implement. Uh, yeah. fun would lighten up. Now you know, I... Um, I have had people say to me that I don't have a very good sense of humor. And I said, what do you mean? I mean, I feel like I laugh a lot and I enjoy yeah. life, and but I'm very nice. gullible. So I guess that uh, this person was one of those people who used to, you know, pull my chain, is that what you say? And uh, and I, yeah. I wouldn't get it. I just wouldn't get it because I'm, I'm so gullible. But waking up really yeah. doesn't have so much to do with telling jokes, although there are no, some no. really nice jokes in that chapter, uh, sure. in the, in the words of wisdom. It has to do with being present, and that is the greatest joy I found. Is yeah. actually being here with you, with your listeners, right now. Not thinking, you know, what do I have to do later, and and how do I have to show up, and um.
1: What does this do sound like? It? <laughs>
2: what does it sound like? Oh, what yeah. Does like it sound what does like? this
1: sound like? Yeah, like being concerned. Yeah.
2: Right, 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 right. No, yes. my, my joy is being present with you, Mitchell. What a joy to, to have Yay. you covered in Florida, right, and to be yes. connected now to your listeners because that's, I mean, my life is about relationships. I love, yes. in fact, one of my friends, my best couple friends came out from Boulder to Kauai and spent a week. And one mm. of one of our friends said, you know what you really excel at? I don't know anybody who excels as much as you at making friends. He said you just came back from three weeks, uh, three months of living in Florida where you've never lived before, and you're talking about all these new friends you have. Well, <laughs> here's what I get: when I can show up as me, you know, yep. it's you put out a resonance. There's a resonance. That's picture. what happens.
1: <laughs> exactly. What happens?
2: You attract people who also live by these agreements, even if they've never heard of them.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I would like to bring our attention for a moment to a story that you told that this is, you could say, a little bit of the harder piece of these agreements, because these agreements are meant to really be guides for people on a daily level where it can really be integrated into our thinking, and you told one story about you and your husband Glenn and your son, and the way you all put together
2: an agreement,
1: and you were living up to it, and then you fell off from it, and then you recommitted and lived up to it, and then you fell off of it, and there's that, that dance, if you will, that we all go on. Could you just share that story about what you all came to an agreement about and how that played out and how it served your oh, relationships.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's so it was much. really valuable
1: for people and families to and we're all in a family to really yeah. get. That's right. So
2: we Michael went through a stage when he was about nine where he got really mean. I mean really mean and we you know, we didn't know what to do about it. It's like why are you so mean? And you know, it didn't feel good. Yeah. And yeah. okay, kids go through stuff, but that wasn't working for me. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Um, so here's what he Stop said. Stop going he through said, so much stuff. <laughs> he said we were mean. Well, that was his perspective. Our perspective was it whatever, whatever. Right, so right. So I, I, I taught him a little bit about agreements, and we, um, well, we tried a number of things. First of all, we, I don't, I don't think I wrote about this in the book, but we did actually give him little gifts and treats and stuff every time, or something, something positive, every time he did something nice to start reinforcing it. I said to him, you've lost your habit of being nice, and everything's just a habit. So every time yeah. you're nice, you'll get something or whatever it was. Um, but then we came up with this idea to write an agreement together. And I, it's titled To Love and Respect, and it's actually um, – Copied in the book. There's a picture. Is this the one you're talking about, Mitchell? Uh, to love and respect, and we said we and we have yes. all our names enter into this agreement on July yep. 4th, 99, with gladness. And, and you actually wrote it you. out. That's the thing. We, we wrote, wrote it, it out. And it's yeah. Beautiful. We choose to treat each other with respect, honoring each other as the unique individuals we are. Although there are times when we may disagree, we will refrain from being nasty and mean, endeavoring to always be loving and respectful. We understand that there may be times that we forget this agreement and we ask of each other that we be gently reminded and allowed 24 hours to fully remember and begin once again to treat yeah. each other with respect. We will always forgive each other these short lapses and remember that we are family, forever bonded in love through God, our creator. Huh. Oh,
1: that's beautiful. Now, here's
2: the funny thing. I That's said beautiful. Michael, I said, yeah. all agreements have an amount of time on it. So, how long should we have this agreement for? And I thought, you know, he might say, well, let's do it for a few weeks or let's do it for a month or a year, or whatever. And yeah, he said, right. He said, 15 years. <laughs> <I didn't laughs> how laugh. old was he, he when he said that? He was a nine. I, I didn't laugh. Oh, I didn't say anything. Lord. So, the top of the agreement, it says, to love and respect a 15 year pact. <laughs> and, and here's the last sentence. The last sentence is, by signing below, we show our agreement to treat each other with love and respect for 15 years, at which time this agreement is renewable. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: <Gosh>.
1: <laughs> powerful. Powerful. And it's yeah. powerful also in its utter simplicity. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that's such an important point. Let's let everybody and, you know, know you were that talk, you, you were talking are Uh, Just one moment. Let me just make sure sure everybody knows that we are uh, speaking this hour with Marion Head who is an award-winning author and author of Revolutionary Agreements, 12 Ways to Transform Stress and struggle into freedom and joy. She is also a social entrepreneur and we'll be moving into that space in a little bit after we move through a little bit more of these revolutionary agreements because this book, my friends, has affected literally hundreds of thousands of people across the planet because they all speak to the needs we have of good quality communication. You know, Marion, I've got to say I use these kinds of principles, not so much from your book because I'm relatively new to it, but as a coach and as a therapist and counselor for many decades, uh, working with clients, couples, individuals and the like, families, uh, setting down rules of the game, uh, regarding communication is just, it's, it's got to be done. Some people feel that if they're not criticizing others and noticing what's wrong, what's out, they're not being honest with themselves and what they see or with somebody else, as an example. So just reflecting on this one of the many examples in your book that you had inside your own family, that yes, we see things about each other that are not perfect because we are imperfect. And to agree to find the space inside ourselves of compassion, gentleness, and love, and to speak from that space and let go of that more critical nature, we've all got that. Don't we? Don't we all have that?
2: Oh. And, Mitchell, I have such a great story to share with you. you know, I've I had yeah. a lot of readers write in and share how they're using the agreements. And when you said Please. that you do coaching, it reminded me of uh, Lori who wrote in and said one of her business – she's a business coach. One of my business clients was concerned about losing productivity at work. I'm reading this out of a – I just went to my website when you said it and said, oh, I've got this up. Uh, one of my yeah. business clients – Concerned about losing productivity at work, at closer look, we discovered that the root of the problem was at home. His insistence that his wife support him by acting in ways he deemed right was draining his energy. I suggested that he use the agreement, I agree to see the best in myself and others, and requested, why don't you talk with your wife about only what she's doing right for the next week? Okay. Why don't you talk with her just about what she's doing right for the gotcha. next week? He did so, and the result was nothing less than transformative. She wrote, both his relationship and his wife, with his wife, and his productivity at work experienced a dramatic turnaround. <sighs> now that's Hallelujah. one of my favorites. That is one of that's my favorites. Beautiful. You know, if we all saw stuff in each other, in ourselves, and each other, that's right. You know, that's I think right. we'd be done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. You because know, the because I know they say it it's sage wisdom from the ancients that when you focus on the good, everything else takes care of itself.
2: Well, you know that what we focus on expands.
1: So when Correct. we
2: focus on th- something that's not good, that expands too. And I have another little story to share with you about that. Uh, my mm-hmm. husband Glenn and I were married for 33, uh, 23 years. very happily. But something happened in the 24th year, and I became very critical. This is what you spoke of a few minutes ago. I became very critical. He could do nothing right, this poor guy. Everything. I was just on his case. And so at the end of the year, when I look back, usually January 1st, I look back, how was my year? I look forward, what do I want to create now? I thought, man, if I do not change, if I don't stop whining, complaining, or we
1: say whatever. in Chinese,
2: kvetching. Kvetching, right. <laughs> um, he's going to be gone. I mean, this, yeah. this is going to be over. So yeah. I forced myself to take this little book that I had that I had bought, um, just a little journal,
1: and sit down
2: and say, okay, I'm going to practice what I preach. You know, we all are teaching what we're learning out here in the world. So <laughs> here bet. I am. You bet. Gratitude, right? Okay, so Marion, get into gratitude. And I sat there yeah. with that book but what can I write that I'm grateful about when, today? And honestly, it was hard the first day because I had so much anger and angst, and I don't know what was going on for me. But anyway, I did that. Finally wrote something down, and the next day I did it again, another page. Turned the page, little book, turn the page. I did it again, again, again. After a week, I started, it started coming easily to me. I could begin to see all that I was grateful for. There was so much. I couldn't even, okay, I'm just going to write one down. today. I'll have Tons more for tomorrow and the next day. Well, by the time our next anniversary, our 25th anniversary came around, I had the most special gift for him, which was this little journal filled with 300 gratitudes. And it shifted. It shifted my life, our relationship, my love. Everything came back out. And I didn't have to Mm. go to therapy. I didn't have to figure Mm -hmm. out what I was going on and what was happening inside of me. And I didn't have to do any of that. just needed to go to gratitude and that
1: wow that's a beautiful story beautiful story I consider asking the question why by the way to have a lot of honorability by the way (laughs) I think it's really useful because our minds really do like the the, uh, nourishment of why but I think it's very important as well that you made the comments that you did. We don't ultimately need why. Sometimes there are times when we do, but when you just take matters in hand the way you did. One of the nice things going on these days, Marion, that I just personally really appreciate is that we have neuroscience, this incredibly exploding field, which is um underlying so much, it's sort of laying out and corroborating, I should say, the intuitive wisdom that you lay out in this book, and that we know as teachers and leaders and coaches and the like, therapists, etc., the fundamental understanding of focusing on the good, and living in integrity, and telling the truth, and inwardly reflecting, and the principles of your book, we now know that our immune system shifts cellularly when we do that. Our hormones begin to come into balance and hormone harmony with each other and with the rest of the systems of our body. Our synaptic activity in our brain becomes uh, faster and more able and capable In short, we begin to move in the direction of fulfilling our human potential. And it's by following things like what you describe in this book. Is that not, you could say, a smile from above that we're doing something (laughs) right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Thank you for sharing that. I Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm doing uh, some wonderful work right now, and I, I want to give her a plug, Diane Collins, and her book. Do you contemplate? Oh God, Things? yes. And yeah. it's just. We a had
1: Diane a few months ago on the radio excellent. and television show. Oh God, exactly. we love her. Well,
2: her yeah. her book is expansive. I mean, it expands my thinking, and yes. takes me. It gives everything a, a new, brighter light. Actually, oh, so so the why, because some of this has to do with why, has a lot to do with how we set up our intents uh, for the experience we want to have in life. So it's, yeah. um, there's so many wonderful, wonderful resources out there. And, you know, when you talked about how my book was formatted, Mitchell, one of the things that people often say is it's a short read but a lifelong practice. And, and yeah. so it's, um, it yeah. becomes one of those books that some people leave by their bedside and, you know, open it before they go to sleep or they have it on the kitchen table and see what their day, you know, what to focus on during the day. And But the funniest thing I ever saw, I met somebody along, this is too long of a story to tell you the whole thing, but let's just say it was a very synchronistic meeting when I was giving a talk in Ventura County with somebody who lived just a couple of blocks from where I was walking near the ocean, and she invited me back to her home and showed me that she had a poster of The Agreements, which is a beautiful original art poster um, mm-hmm. that a friend artist made for me, and she had it over her bed <laughs> so that when she wow. went to sleep at night it was the last thing that she read. So, hey, oh. however I... Sir, I am here.
1: You You bet. Yeah,
2: and that actually, if you're ready, I can jump into the social entrepreneurship because. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: I wanted to invite you to do that because there is, in fact, a kind of a beautiful um, application of these agreements and the inherent values that you speak of here. That. Just dovetail into the domain of social entrepreneurship, and I'd love to hear you first. Why don't you define it for our audience? For those of you who may not get that idea automatically or be familiar with it, why don't you take it from the top, Marion?
2: Okay. Well, we know that that entrepreneurship is um, the creation of well, what comes with it is really creation of something from nothing. Uh, you know, I'll give yeah. you an example. Uh, last, a couple of years ago, when we got to the island, to Kauai for our winter, this is where we went, We spend the winters, uh, we saw that there was a wellness expo in, um, in Kauai. It's a large wellness expo that goes on every year. Well, we have a wellness business we've had for 17 years. And here comes an idea. Glenn is an idea generator. He said, why don't we start the Kauai Wellness Expo? Uh, uh, wellness club the kawaii wellness club it could be a virtual club where we support people and having great health this and that whatever and that was an idea on one day and three days later we had a banner that said kawaii wellness called a beautiful banner we had t-shirts we had business cards we had a booth at the expo you know it's like that's what an entrepreneur does you know that right. the, the idea comes from somewhere and we put it into effect and then um, a good entrepreneur will grow that business to make a profit so that it can yeah. sustain the business and we can continue to give our gifts. Well, sure. a social entrepreneur is someone who does that by addressing and, and is addressing a social issue. So, for example, Tom Shoes is one of the initial uh, social entrepreneurships that, that is cited. Uh, do you know about Tom Shoes, Mitchell? Tom, oh, no. Okay, so Tom went to um, South America, took a trip to South America, and saw that, I don't have all the details of the story, but saw that there were children who couldn't go to school. They weren't allowed to go to school without shoes, but they couldn't afford shoes. And it, it had to do with some kind of disease they would pick up along the way, whatever. I don't know the whole story. But he decided he was going to start selling shoes, and for every pair of shoes he sold, he would donate a pair and now mm. I think he's probably in the millions of shoes that yeah. have gone to kids all over the world. So mm. he makes the profit, though. It's built into his business. So he makes a profit. He donates shoes. It, it, that is social entrepreneurship. Well, That's right. Well, what happened for me... It's
1: imbuing is, business with humanitarian and eco-friendly, eco-sensitive values, you could say. Sustainable yes, values. And,
2: yes, and
1: rewarding people for
2: championing the cause, whatever it is. You reward yeah. people for championing the cause.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so in my case, um, one of the agreements is I agree to look for blessings in disguise. So let's start there because, um, let's see, 22 years ago, my son is 22 now, uh, when Michael was born, I was in the best health. Ever I mean such great health, I had a great pregnancy, I was the right weight, I had so much great energy, and then he was born, and that changed. I was almost forty it was just a couple of months shy of forty, and I just lost my energy and I started just you know getting what most people got colds and bronchitis is that nothing big, serious, but I was exhausted exhausted for three three years so when I shared with a friend of mine that what was going on with me when i was I was traveling and um, had a little stopover and shared with her. She said, well, maybe you need this stuff that I'm taking. And it was a nutritional supplement. And I said, well, I need something. I've tried things. Nothing's really lasted. Blah, blah, blah. So she introduced me. I became a customer of a particular nutritional company. And I got my life back. I got my energy back. Um, all sorts it worked of good, for you. It worked. For, it was what my body needed. It was definitely mm. what my body needed. It, I had a lot of what I called good uh, side effects. You know,
1: good side yeah, benefits. Right. Good side benefits. There, not, some of them are central. <laughs> right,
2: right. And and just Dude. one wonderful things that would happen to my. I thought I was healthy, but I really didn't even know how great I could be. Like, like I could suddenly smell things that I didn't even know I couldn't smell before. So I had a mm-hmm. whole sense of smell that had been shut down somewhere along in my life, and now I could smell flowers and
1: trash oh, wow. and all
2: sorts of things. So uh, could, yes. Anyway. Uh, So it changed my life. And now uh, what we did was we began using that, after a year or so of my being a customer, we began using that nutritional supplier uh, to supply the supplementation for our wellness business. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, Doctors Without Borders put out a call saying there's something wrong with the food that we're sending to children, to people in developing countries it's not nourishing them. We're sending mm. cereals that are, you know, fortified with, you know, synthetic whatevers, and they're mm-hmm. not getting the nourishment they need. Five million children under the age of five die every year from malnutrition in the world. That's a lot of children. Mm-hmm. So this company said, you know what, We Vino, they just developed a technology to grow plants hydroponically and put standardized amounts of vitamins and minerals and um, the phytochemicals that occur naturally and broccoli and all of that good stuff, put it all yeah. into the water, the hydroponic solution that this plant ingests and then turns the plant into a powder that could be put onto food. And so they said, we have the technology. We have the technology. So what are, how are we going to get this to the children? And they worked out a way to build it in so that those of us who are distributors of their products, every time a new customer starts with one of their core products, it, they have a nonprofit that they partner with that then they donate to, and the donation gets to the children. So our team mm. alone last year fed 5,229 children. Now we have a goal of 20,000 children for this year. And so, and there are lots of teams and it's a wonderful mission to
1: be a part so of it. So when you are making, so everyone understands, including me, when you yeah. uh, sell products through the system that you do, um, some of the profit you're using gets plowed into the network of medicine without Doctors Without Borders, but
0: and Doctors they without use
1: Waters- that. they use that to... Nourish the malnourished children.
2: Yeah, Doctors Without Borders were the ones who put out a call to the industry, to the yes, food industry,
1: right. Got that.
2: saying, yeah. "Help us, because what the kids are getting, what the people are getting, is not something nourishment. So this company has, has
1: met that challenge and yes. is providing that nutrition.
2: Yes, and so now what what this company has, as independent distributors, the, those of us who choose to do that, they're now yeah. calling us champions of the cause. Now we're championing everything they're doing is aligned with their vision of feeding five million children in five years. Oh, and it's it's doable. It's so doable, Mitchell. That's what's so exciting because five hundred thousand people take supplements, and ninety-five percent of supplements are synthetic. But these are not synthetic. They're made from real food. So it's only one percent of those 500,000 people, if only 1% changed to this real food supplement, we would be feeding those 5 million children. That's right. So it's doable. doable.
1: The statistics really support that, don't they? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, they do. And so to be a part, you know, most of us, when I was younger, I could just put one foot in front of the other and see what was next. But now I'm just... Full of how can I make the biggest possible contribution exactly. Here, wh- exactly while I'm here and this is another way that I hadn't planned on I hadn't it's not yeah. my it was my idea but I yeah. was given this gift and it's all it was a blessing in disguise I yeah. needed this company's product twenty you know eighteen years ago and seventeen years ago <clears throat> exactly And this is where it's come and this is where it's come to and I've just I feel blessed in my life to be to to be shown the opportunities that sometimes I see and sometimes I don't to make my contributions and, and Mitchell, thank you because being on your show is one of them. I hope I can
1: yes. I can touch touch somebody here and oh God uh, you know, yes I, you're touching world. me I'm sure you're <laughs> touching others because this is the I feel very much Marian that this is the story of our future and this is how we create a better world you know there are all sorts of attitudes and. Uh, theories and hypotheses about the very nature of capitalism itself. I don't actually believe in isms at all whether it comes to religions or if it comes to economic systems. I believe that people exchange and when they can do so fairly, equitably and lovingly and profitably, everyone wins and what you were talking about in the Geneva Group back then, and Glenn's talking about a win-win-win, well, I think this is our idea of multiple bottom lines, one of which yeah. is money. The other is well-being. The other, other another is the joy of giving and receiving. It's all mm. one. And It's just to delineate and distinguish these different aspects of the exchange between people. And I feel that all of this underlies this notion of social entrepreneurship. So Mm -hmm. you and your husband, Glenn, are very much exemplifying the way this goes. Like, do you want to know how to change a better world, folks? Well, voila! You know, it's not (laughs) like some kind of distant vague notion way out in the ethers of the universe it's do something that you love that you feel passionate about and find the way to generate some income enough for you and enough to empower this kind of um, of giving this kind of nourishment Mm -hmm. if you will does Mm -hmm. that all make sense to you relative to your dream and vision yes
2: Yes, and when you talked about money, I I just did a blog post about um, partnering for love and money. And, you know, money kind of sometimes makes people cringe. Uh, Love, you know, everybody loves love. But, you know, I know that there are some skeptical people who might go, oh, this person's thinking of donating to the children just to be able to make money for his own pocket and so on. Well, I want to say... Win win. Walking your talk is so important to us. The yeah. founder of this particular company has himself adopted five children from five different or- or- orphanages around the world, and that's where this food goes—is to all these different orphanages around the world. Mm, I see. So, yeah. I mean, truly walking the talk. But I have had people say oh, you know, they're just doing it as a marketing ploy or something. It's like, oh, my gosh, right. there's so much right. good we can do. It, it has to be, you know, receiving money. There's an agreement. I agree to give and receive thanks. You know, we all learn how to give thanks, right? Remember when you were a little boy, Mitchell, and your mother said, what do you say, Mitchell? <laughs>
1: Thank you, okay. mommy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But are I'm taught. still a little boy, so <laughs> <laughs> except I don't have to be told to say thank you anymore. <laughs> I learned something. <laughs>
2: but we're not taught to receive. We're not taught like when somebody says thank you, smile at them, Rece- breathe right. in, receive their appreciation, open your arms. Instead, what we tend to do is something like, "Oh, it's nothing." You know, like closing it off. Here's what I want to right. say about that. The people who know how to receive thanks, they also receive other things in life, including yeah. money, including money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of the energy flow that enables us to create a better world. It's part of the really way well we put. say thank yep. you. Yeah.
1: Yep. Really well put. It's really, you know, folks what we're talking about here sounds so basic, like, I know that, Ah, I know that, yeah. You know, we all know that on one level of knowing, but there are many, many different levels of knowing, and all gurus know that, and all smart people know that, and there's a knowing with the head, and there's a knowing with the heart, and there's a knowing with the body, and at least And I think that if we can take some of your wise words, Marianne, and bring them down deeper into our bodies and our hearts, we can really get the resonance field of the wisdom here, the simplicity. The wisdom is in the simplicity of giving and receiving. It's as you said, it's that in-breath and out-breath of all of life. It's not complicated if we use nature as our metaphor because we are nature after all. So if we could get out of our minds enough to follow her in-breath and out-breath of giving and receiving life, we can really get it for money. And the other part of your blog is for love, of, you know, of the love that is exchanged between people. And money happens to be one of those energy sources, one of those empowering um, vehicles. For expressing that love, and do you need money to do that? Of course not. There's some cultures and societies on the planet that don't know what money is. Clearly, you don't need money to do that if you live in those societies. But if you live in ours, you still don't need money to do it. But it expands your possibilities, and I think mm-hmm. it's good enough, you know, just on that level alone to expand the possibilities for effectiveness and influence and impact, positive impact in the world. Your thoughts? Yeah, I
2: I do. I like to think, and I, I do see, that money makes people more of who they already are. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, if there's somebody who is very um, tight or stingy or something, and they have a lot uh-huh. of money – They're even more tight and stingy, because then they're afraid everybody's going to want to take their money. Uh, But if somebody's generous, even though they have just a little bit and they're generous with their spirit, with their whatever, with their food, with whatever they have, and they have money, they become more generous.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. In the Buddhist perspective, they say generosity is is the stairway to enlightenment. So... You know, <laughs> let's nice. bear that in mind. You know,
0: it's really yeah, beautiful.
1: beautiful. I'd love to ask you for your last statements, last comments that you'd love to share with our audience, Marion. Hmm. That's a hard one. Well,
2: there's what I really want to do is is sit with everyone i want to
1: be with everyone yeah you know,
2: like, look, old when head. you asked me that <laughs> when you ask me that it's like oh i just want to connect in to the beautiful energy yeah. that's listening in today mm-hmm. and um you know to know that i'm radiating out the love from this amazing amazing island it's such a beautiful healing island that i'm on in Kauai and all the way to new york and beyond and around the world um it helps to keep things in balance being out here. You know, I can be in very busy places like New York, and then when I come to a a quiet, peaceful place like Hawaii, it helps me to stay in balance and do my work, which is sharing what you allowed me to share today, uh, these agreements uh, to to have these agreements for your own life. And as you use them, I want to ask people to stay in touch with me. People can contact me through my website. It's Revolutionary, choi- sure. revolutionarychoices.com, and it's all about the choices we make. And I, I love to hear these stories. I, there's about 30 success stories on that site of how people
1: have used these agreements. I'd love to
2: hear yours. I'd love to be in touch. I feel in touch right now. Thank you for this Good.
1: opportunity, Mitchell. Good. Oh, God, Marian Head, I am so glad that you have come to join me here on A Better World and share your wisdom and your wit. And I don't know who that person is who says, you don't have a humor, but I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sat terrible. all over the place. <laughs> I know it to be true. Mm. Well, you bring, really out the best in me. you bring out the
2: best in me, Mitchell.
1: <laughs> oh, Marion, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. And I'm glad that you also um, brought forward um, Diane Collins and uh, her work on quantum thinking, which just underlies she, like, you know, linguistic programming, when I first came across that many years ago, NLP as it's commonly known as what we saw in that was the articulation of the way good communicators do it, how good communicators are effective, so from that point of view, it was modeling um, good communication, and that's what they claimed And I feel Diane Collins has helped to um, identify what makes for quality thinking. And it's this thing we refer to as quantum thinking. Good thinkers are also good feelers, you know? And so she has outlined a skeleton of how that goes. And so as I'm listening to you be so expansive in your thinking, taking the skeleton, in this case, of revolutionary agreements, and going out onto the edge of the heart with social entrepreneurship. You see what I mean?
2: Yes, and Diane and I have talked about this, how quantum thinking and the revolutionary agreements are so complementary. We would really like to take them to Congress.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's really what we we have um Oh there's yeah. so many pl- there are so many places where we would like to inject these uh new these thoughts and yes. and show people how it can serve everybody, the individual yes. and the whole to do that.
1: You bet. And I'll tell you, because of your interesting background where you served served. You did serve in Congress, not as an elected official but as a selected you know, assisted the consultant Mm -hmm. um, for many years. You really got to see the inner workings, if you will, of Congress and where it falters and where it's strong. And, uh, you know, you're in a sense very qualified for stepping back into that space and uh, distributing these. Because, Well,
2: imagine this, Mitchell. Imagine if they had a new set of agreements that were more like these agreements than the unspoken yeah. ones that, uh, right. that that they're using now. I mean, it's it would be revolutionary.
1: Yep, it would be. And since this country began with a revolution, Marion, that might have more soundness and relative value than one might think, you know. Revolution is what got us here in the first place.
2: Yes, and revolutionary just really means also a change, changing a paradigm. And I am ready. I'm ready for that. And I can do my part just being who I am and showing up the way I show up. And I can share it with others. And I'm delighted that I could share it with your listeners today and with you. And I invite your listeners to share it with others as well.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Give your website one more time so people can tune in.
2: It's RevolutionaryChoices.com.
1: Great. Wonderful. Marianne, it has been truly uh, a deep pleasure for me to have you on sharing from your heart and from your creative spirit uh, the work you've been doing and continue to do to make this world a better place.
2: Thank you, Mitchell. I I really appreciate what you're doing every day to make this world a better place and – a better world tv and radio thank you so much for your gifts.
1: absolutely gift. thank you my dear we will talk again soon and we'll have you on again okay excellent yeah. okay aloha aloha
0: mahalo.
1: <laughs> aloha uh,
2: mahalo,
1: <laughs> thanks wow that was a powerful hour with Marion Head, the author of Revolutionary Agreements, Twelve Ways to Transform Stress and Struggle into Freedom and Joy. I mean, it's a an entire inner work as you gathered, those of you who have listened through the whole show because it really takes you through these very powerful ideas that you know, they seem so simple and yes, they are. But when one really starts to adhere to them, one sees in a sense how complicated we've made our own lives and psyches and that complicatedness, that level of complexity often is oftentimes it's a burden, it's a burden, it's not necessarily a good thing now there are high levels of thoughtfulness that can really move us and that is not what I'm talking about I'm not talking about higher levels of organization and refinement. That's gorgeous. But I am talking about sort of the stuff that Woody Allen unravels in many of his books, books, and I should say, jokes and films of the, um, the neurotic human. And of course we all share in that, and I love his humor. We've been trying to get him on the show for a while now, so it's not that. But There's just a level of being genuine and simple in our lives, with ourselves, with our communications, with others, that if we stay in touch with that and cultivate that simplicity, we have a beautiful place to go to. It can clarify our vision of why it is we're here on this planet in the very first place and bring us in touch with that deep rhythm of purpose and meaning, and then we can do what Marianne suggests. Lighten up and go for it. Anyway, I am just so glad you've all joined me again here on A Better World. I so always appreciate your attention, your focus, and your listening. It's not taken for granted. It's very much appreciated each and every week. Please join me at my website, www. A better world. TV, and join the newsletter if you're not on. It's a free newsletter that tells you of who will be our radio guest when we have them and TV guests as well. We're on every Tuesday night at this point in New York City at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us there as well, of course, on Blog Talk Radio every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. We may be expanding the show to other evenings as well, or other days, but as of this moment, we are here Wednesdays at 6. Again, Mitchell Rabin, thanks so much for joining us. And now let's listen to A Touch of Mozart. I look forward to seeing you all next week.